I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Canto Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Just went through some technical difficulties, so I am happy we are here. (laughs) Yes. It's always good when we can actually record the podcast instead of not being able to record the podcast. Yeah, because that would not be good. Yeah, I mean, maybe it'd be for the best, but... Yeah. How's your week been? Um, My week has been good. Um, have or I've just been working and recovering from sad not being in Chicago life. Yeah, it is really sad not being in Chicago life. Yeah. How's your week been? Uh, it's okay. Like this was my first week back, and after taking two weeks vacation, there was so much work when I got back to the office. I'm still not caught up, and I don't know how I'm ever going to be caught up. But it's not been fun. I'm sorry. Well, hopefully, it gets easier. Yeah, I just it didn't help that I came back to my computer being broken, so that made work difficult when you can't do it because you have to restart your computer every five minutes oh no that's awful yeah and then i got a new one but then i had to set up the new one and it was just it was a whole fucking thing you see i'm thankful like i don't have to deal with the problems that like you deal with but also you get paid probably twice as much than i do so Mm, i get paid Okay. I mean, I'm only like 14 an hour. Okay, I get paid a little bit better than that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like at the lowest of the low dispatching wise. So that's why it's difficult to try to find a dispatching job because the dispatching dispatching positions I want don't think I have enough what's the word experience so yeah that's fucking annoying and it's sort of hard to do anything about when you can't get a job because you don't have experience 
that's life, unfortunately, is you need 50 years of experience when you're 20. Yeah, it's it's a really good system that we have. <sighs> no wonder people are like becoming YouTube stars and oh, you could do social that social media. I guess. Yeah, I can go around Disney with the vlog camera and be like, "Hey guys, it's Brittany. Today we're back at Disneyland and we're gonna try the corn dogs." How are the corn dogs? Oh, they're so fucking good. <laughs> you dip up in mu- you dip them in mustard though. Don't no don't you don't use ketchup. Like what the fuck you doing? Don't use I don't ketchup. Know, eating something that you enjoy. Well, I just feel like with the mustard and then you get like the fried part and then you get like the dog and then just like it just complements it. Like it's just it's so good. But the only thing I haven't tried at Disney surprisingly are the turkey legs. I hear they're shit. I hear they're just like a bunch of like glaze and it tastes delicious, but the more you bite into it, you're like, ooh, it's bland. Well, yeah, because it's just a big fucking turkey leg. Yeah. They used to have actual turkeys at Disneyland, too. What, just so. like walking around? No, they had a petting zoo. Um, where Galaxy's Edge is going, that's where one of the petting zoos used to be. They used to have... Um, some pardoned turkeys from the White House, a bunch of goats, a horse, a cow, I think. I'll have to look more into what was there. But yeah, they used to have a full-on petting zoo. I was only there a couple times, though. I have some pictures of the old goats that were there. So I hope they're doing well. Oh, they're all dead. <laughs> no, they're part of Galaxy's Edge now. They're going to be wearing costumes. That um, I was going to say, dang it, if there was an elephant there, it was going to be dressed up like a... Uh, a bantha, but now that'd be awful. Yeah, that probably would that. not make the elephant happy. No, I don't even think the elephant was happy in A New Hope when she was dressed up as a bantha. I think in general, any animal like used in that shit is not a happy animal. Yeah. I agree. Like, I remember I was watching 101 Dalmatians like about a month ago. And like, I love Dalmatians. Like, that's probably one of my favorite dog breeds. But just like watching like all these animals, I'm like, they do not look like they're happy. Like having to do all like the tricks and everything. Like having like to take the covers off the bed, having to run around on a leash connected to someone on a bicycle. Like it's just so much work for them. And it's like, you know, it's like if humans acting, like, obviously, like, we get money, but, like, for, like, dogs, like, what's the purpose, you know? Like, what do they get rewarded with? You know, treats? Yeah, also, I mean, people are choosing to do that. Yeah. And they aren't. So it's weird, like, going back and, like, watching those kind of movies. Like, that was my issue. I was like, I used to enjoy this as a kid, but now watching this, like, I just, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, apparently, did you ever see Milo Notice? It might be too old for you. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. Apparently, that was just, like, pure fucking animal torture. Because uh... that wasn't even made in the States, so they weren't even under, because it was, like, they weren't even under um, ASAP. ASPCA? ASPC. I think so. (laughs) They weren't even under those regulations. That was just, I'm sure, like, they they probably went through a couple of cats and dogs. But, yeah, that's not good. You don't think about that when you're six years old and watching that movie. But, yeah. Yeah, it it is 
ASAPCA. Yeah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be the title of the episode. Episode 89, (laughs) ASPCA. So, not a ton of Star Wars news this week, but we want to get into... The trailer for episode nine, well, the teaser that happened, uh, that came out at Celebration, we want to talk about that more in depth. Uh, then we want to talk about something shitty, and then we want to talk about something else shitty, and then we'll get to emails and stuff. Um, just a couple of things I wanted to get out of the way beforehand, the business, as they might say, on Blue Harvest, but um, Blue Harvest is coming up on their 200th episode. And that's going to be out on May 4th. And you should listen to it because it's going to be awesome. And 200 is a serious fucking accomplishment. So tell the boys congratulations and let them know on Twitter and whatever how much you love the podcast. Yeah, let them know because four years and 200 episodes. And they timed it exactly too. So it's been exactly four years, exactly 200 episodes. Like that's fucking impressive. Yeah, Hawes did a good job of, of, like, I think he put in, like, an extra one or so in there to hit 200 right on May 4th. But good work, dude. Yeah, amazing. Very proud. And also happening on May the 4th, which is, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, it'll be tomorrow. Uh, Steel Saunders is putting up on YouTube the live podcast from Celebration. Um, he's doing it like as a YouTube premiere, which means there'll be a chat open and everybody can watch at the same time. Like, of course, it'll be up later for everyone to watch. But if you want to participate and watch along with a group, uh, as the the time we're recording this, there aren't details as to what time it's going down exactly. But sometime tomorrow night, there'll be tons of tweets about it. And then if you're a Patreon after the main part of the show, they're also going to be putting up the live fanfic reading. Oh, so they're not including the fanfic reading in the show? No, because, I mean, partially I think that's because it's very adult. And so you need to put it behind some sort of wall. It's very adult visually and... Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, check that out. Um, I'm going to be in the chat room. Still be there. There should be lots of other people. We normally get a pretty good amount of people for that. And it's just a lot of fun. And the show is particularly good. So please come check it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's it for businessy stuff. Yeah. So episode nine trailer. Yeah, we were there. We were there. It was exciting. I cried a whole lot. I didn't cry, but I was enjoying myself and I was a little emotional, I think. So everybody's seen it by now, but I sort of wanted to get into just, I don't know, it doesn't have to be like scene by scene, but I thought we could sort of go through and talk about the really cool stuff and what we think some of the stuff might mean. But Let's just say, okay, I think this starts out with what might be one of the coolest visuals we've seen in a Star Wars movie. That's an amazing way to start off a trailer, though. My God. 
it's really great. I, I love the fact that once again, we get the trailer opening to heavy breathing. I like that they stuck with that theme. I know. And we see Ray on a desert planet of some variety. I'm not even going to guess because, I mean, that's not our expertise. Yeah, she looks like she's on a desert planet that could be either Tatooine or Jakku or none of the above because it's Star Wars and there's more than five planets. But most of them are desert. It's even, I just I still love the fact that so many of the planets on Star Wars are just all one thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, maybe all, it's all water. Like, I understand there's like, you know, in the universe, there's like gaseous planets or things that are like, like a lot of our planets have like certain temperature ranges and stuff. But the, in terms of your inhabited planets, maybe some of them should have some variety. Like, you know, our planet does. Well, maybe because there are two suns, maybe that there are some planets like orbiting that sun. And that's why their weathers are different. I don't know. I don't know astrology or meteorology, so. <laughs> well, you just said astrology, so you're kind of proving your point. But, um. Yeah, I mean. I'm going <laughs> to let that one go. <laughs> you know, because I wasn't sure if it was meteorology or astrology so i'm well, not first of all, astronomy both. astronomy would be the one that you want because astrology is star signs well who knows maybe that could be a reason why there are so many desert well, planets no, it's because of the stars explains. okay well yeah because you know that's what the sun is but like okay tatooine <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 okay the sun is a star yeah so there you go tatooine tatooine makes sense a desert planet for the two for because there's two suns mm -hmm. but what about all the other planets that are out circling different suns that only have one sun that's their fucking problem but i'm saying why are they also all fucking desert planets not all the desert planets have twin suns you know this reminds me back when i i used to go to church and you know they would tell us just god created this and then created that. And then just no one would ask questions. <laughs> and that's what maybe there's like a like in the Star Wars universe, there's like this this being. And they're just like, you know what? Let's just create 75 desert planets. No questions asked. Let's do it. And that's maybe what happened. Okay, fine. Yeah. Moving on. We see Ray and she's looking awesome. It's a lady in white and she has a nice belt. She has the thing on her arm from when she was scratched by the Praetorian Guard. Yeah, I like the I like the band on her upper arm. I don't know why. I just find think it looks cool. She looks good too. Like I remember exactly my thoughts like watching this trailer. And I remember just being excited that I'm watching a new Star Wars trailer and you know that's still like there's still Star Wars and that I'm 23 years old and I'm watching a new Star Wars trailer. Like yeah. I know, right? It still it gets me every fucking time. And one of my favorite shots in the whole thing is when 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 she turns around and we see the shot from her from behind, but it's just focused like on her hip and her hand. So we see the blaster that Han gave her, and we see her holding the lightsaber. Yeah. 
I know. I'm doing that slow-mo right now so I can see because I guess there's like a little band on the lightsaber where um, it was broken in half. You can still hear me, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I, I put it on full screen. Technology. All right. Yeah, because there's a little band where it was broken in half. Okay, was it actually broken in half or was it like kind of like 75, 25 or 45, 55? I mean, I don't think I didn't calculate the percentages. Okay. I thought that it was, was a normal broken. Thing. Okay. It was broken. Okay. I didn't know that she still had that blaster that Han gave her. I really like that she does. That I don't know. I got a little bit emotional when I saw that. Yeah. It was one of those things I didn't realize at first, you know, because. I feel like there's so many like Easter eggs in movies, like especially like I just saw Endgame, no spoilers, of course. But, you know, watching the videos that people make and seeing how many Easter eggs are in those kind of movies, like that's just incredible. Like the kind of things that people just put and like nostalgic things and especially something like that. Like, I think it's really cool. Yeah, and it's just it's a nice detail. Um, I don't know. I really I liked their relationship that we got all too briefly and i like that she still keeps that and obviously like that was important to her it's amazing how that has sticked with us for so many years you know a relationship between two characters that lasted so shortly many years ago like that's still something that we go back to when we think about because of how much they bonded you know, that yeah. really something. Yeah. Like how much how much Ray needed that. And I feel like that really shaped her into who she is now, you know, like whenever Han is mentioned, like she gets emotional. And especially with Leia too, which we'll see. Like those are extremely important people to her now. Yeah. And I I I think with Han it's also this idea that he had faith in her so quickly. Yeah. He made her someone. Yeah. And, and liked her so quickly and was going to be like, Hey, you know, like come have a job with me and come hang out. Like, even if she couldn't do that, the, the idea of it still is so powerful for her. Yeah. So then we get this fucking Mark Hamill voiceover and it's this, you know, we've, we've given you all the, all the knowledge that we can and now it's your time. Yeah. That we've passed down all we know. (laughs) That's great. I'm just, I'm in awe of your impressions. Thank you. So, I mean, it sounds like Mark Hamill doing droopy dog, but totally here for it. At least it's Mark Hamill doing something. I mean, <laughs> or it could be Mark Hamill doing Eeyore, I suppose. Yeah. Do you know how tired I am of seeing uh, people are like Harrison or uh, Mark Hamill doing Harrison Ford impersonation? And it's like always like the same one. And it's always like live, new. This is new information that he does here. He's been doing that for years. Like, I think he just did it on like Stephen Colbert or one of those shows. But I'm just like, yeah, I've heard this before. And everyone's always like, wow, look at him doing that impersonation. It's like, well, yeah, he's 
that kind of actor. Like, not that I'm not impressed. Like, it's cool. But it's just I always think it's interesting how that's like, wow, new information. This is the best thing that we've seen yet from Mark Hamill. Yeah, it's like two seconds of him doing a fucking impression. It's, I mean, I've seen him do better things than that. Yeah, I've seen him act in a really good movie called The Last Jedi, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the we've passed down all we know, and then... Now, yeah, now that I like, yeah, because <clears throat> maybe, I mean, it could be that she's she's read the journals... It, it could be even that she's had interactions with Luke since. Yeah, I imagine that they've had some sort of interactions, like, but it, I'm interested of how long it's taken for those interactions to happen because with Luke and Empire, I think Empire and A New Hope, that was a span of a year or two, right? I think so. So it took Obi-Wan about two years to contact Luke and be like, hey, yo, there's this dude on Dagobah. Learn from him. So I'm interested to see what Luke's first words are to Rey and see what advice he gives her or what she should do next. Because I feel like that's was what Obi-Wan was doing in, in the original trilogy. So I feel like Luke's going to maybe mirror that or something. Yeah, it could be. And we don't we don't know yet like how long this gap is between these movies. But the other cool thing about this is it means that I mean, we already knew this how the movie ends, but it really affirms Luke changing his mind about the whole you know, no more Jedi teaching the Jedi thing. Like, he's really committed to teaching her, and not just as, like, and, like, despite everything that happened and how everything went down. And, yeah, we knew that at the end of The Last Jedi. But I think especially considering, like, everybody f- freaking out over, well, not everybody, idiots freaking out over, over Luke's character there, I think it's good to have him say again, you know, this idea that he is now, this this we matters. Yeah, I mean, he's part of the Force now, so, of course, he's gaining more knowledge especially being surrounded by probably other beings of the force too like think about it he's probably having communication with everyone who is a force ghost like his dad yoda um i don't know the rules are about with like force ghosts i don't know if you can yeah that's because they don't know the rules are (laughs) i guess but but still i mean i feel like that's important especially the a thousand generations live in you now but this is your fight like what does the thousand generations live in you now mean? It reminds me of like Avatar The Last Airbender where like all the previous avatars like live in him. Well, I think it's just sort of this idea of 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 passing down knowledge and what that means and that everyone is shaped by the people who came before them like and especially with the Jedi the 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 teaching and the whole, you know, Padawan thing. Yeah, so we might see Ray think about teaching some kids or teaching some people the ways of the Force. You know, who knows? Like, maybe there are some older people in resist in the Resistance who, you know, are Force-sensitive. And maybe she'll be like, hey, uh, I can teach you. Let's do this. 
and then she'll create her own school and she'll call it Skywalker. No, I have no idea. (laughs) But, okay, so we do, like, the pan out of the desert planet. We see, like, the mountains and shit. And then we see a little ship in the background. And then she gets out her lightsaber and she's all cool. Um, I like the every generation has a legend text. And I think, again, combined with Luke's thing, that is fully reinforcing, hey, this is Ray's story now. Yeah, I know. I like the legend thing, too. Like, I remember reading it and I'm like, oh, shit, there's going to be legend in the title. And then finding out, like, two minutes later that it's Skywalker in the title and no legend. So then we get this fucking, oh God, I love this scene so much. So we get the, um, the ship coming in and she's running and running and running and then does this fucking awesome backflip while holding a ignited lightsaber. I'm watching this in slow motion right now. I feel like I need to watch it in slower motion. So let me go in my settings. Speed. 25. <laughs> All right. So she's running. And that thing's going fast, too. And Ryan just runs so fast. And her running face is just so great. Because you can see that she's trying really hard. And I love that. Ah. Oh, I just remember the audience. Like, that's the thing I hear in my head whenever I see that jump is just the audience just cheering so loud yeah and you just heard this huge like intake of breath it was so great yeah ah i miss it i miss being surrounded by excited star wars fans so then we have a pan down onto some sort of lots of rocks we see a ship flying into some sort of city you know, what if this is Batu? Ooh. Like, they have to incorporate Batu in this. I think, especially because we have Batu now at Disneyland and Disney World soon. Reservations start for May 2nd for Disneyland, by the way. So if you want to get your reservations, do that on May 2nd. But, um,. Yeah, I mean, because it looks like there's snow, too. So I guess maybe it snows in Batu. So maybe during the holidays at Disney, they'll put snow on Batu. That'd be fucking cute. But I don't know. I mean, definitely we're going to be introduced to new planets in Star Wars. I mean, we already got a glimpse into that jungle planet, you know, because we see the one of the blockades covered in like uh, like branches and greenery and stuff. Yeah. So... And then we see that ship and it's, I hate when you see something that looks like something else. So you automatically think it's that something else. Like people see this ship and they think it was the ship that Ray's parents were on. And it's like, oh, Ray's parents are, no, no. Like two ships are allowed to look alike. Yeah. Yeah, so that ship is flying onto the planet. I mean, who knows? Maybe this is a whole different planet. It's going to start with the letter M. 
Monkey. It's Monkey Planet. Monkey Planet. There we go. All right. So we see that ship going. Um, and it's more the way the ship is going. There's like it looks like it's like a little city down there. So I'm trying to think of who would be there and why they would be there. Yeah, I, we don't have nearly enough information to answer any of those questions. <coughs> All right, so the ship is going, and then oh, it's a really nice like, looks kind of a little more like Space Vegas kind of, or like a space like uh, not Space Vegas, but with all the lights and everything, that's what it reminds me of. But another Space Vegas. Hey, are we gonna see DJ again? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so, but I hope we do. I mean, I feel like we should because he played such a big part in The Last Jedi that we need to see him again and see what's up. I'd fucking, I'd love to see him again or at least have him like show up in one of the other books or something because fascinating. And I also, and I've said this before in the podcast, I just like to watch Benicio Del Toro be weird and I would be happy to watch him be weird again some more. Yeah, your dad would like that too. Your dad would like DJ, right? Yeah. Have your parents watched the trailer? Um, I think my mom did. Hmm. That's nice. All right. So now we we pan to Kylo Ren hitting someone in a, in a very red forest. I like the red forest. But I'm doing this in slow-mo, and you can see that he doesn't have the scars on his face. So either this is a flashback, or they're doing the Marvel thing where they CGI stuff out. Because I remember in one of the Infinity War trailers, you see the Hulk, like, full-on Hulk. But actually, in the movie, he's in the Hulkbuster suit. So maybe they're doing this with us, but, I mean, who knows? I mean, it could be that. It could be that he had plastic surgery. Well, I don't know, because I feel like we've seen pictures of him. Because remember we saw him in that ship, and that was supposed to be for episode 9, and he still had the scar on his face? Yeah, I mean, who knows with that? I mean, I don't know. I could also, it could also be, it could be a flashback to some, like, you know, Knights of Ren shit or something. Yeah, but I wonder who he's killing, though. Like, I... He's like a dark figure wearing like it looks like black, but I feel like that red forest kind of makes everything like colorless and like the darker colors like all look alike. Yeah, it's a guy. I don't know. It's a dude in some robes. Yeah, he's wearing some helmet thing and he's getting stabbed. So I'm sorry. I feel bad for him. That must hurt. And then we see the red helmet being repaired. Well, sort of repaired, sort of, you know, glazed back together, I guess. Yeah, and for some reason, the person's arms that are fixing it are uh, very hairy. (laughs) Did not notice that. Really? They're pretty hairy, Emily. Like, Okay. Yeah, I mean, who do you think those arms might belong to? A new character named Bob. Bob the... I don't know. Like, oh, I, I thought feel... that was just his shirt. What, the arms? 
Yeah. Yeah, no. The, the, you see his hands? His hands are a little hairy, too. I don't know. Like, I would say that... I don't think it's a Wookiee, but... I mean, if it was... It doesn't look like Wookiee hands. It would be a bad Wookiee. Do you think that there are bad Wookiees out there? Of course there's bad Wookiees. There's bad everybody. I guess, but we've never seen a bad Wookiee before. We we haven't actually seen that many Wookiees. Yeah, we see we saw the malnourished ones in Solo, and those ones look sad. I hope they're not malnourished anymore. But yeah, he's fixing the the helmet, and then we see that wonderful shot of Poe and Finn. Dude, Poe is styled beautifully in this movie. Like, I love his scarf. Oh my god, his scarf is so good. They're standing on some rocks. Yeah, they're in Utah. On some rocks in Utah. All right. I would like to hang out on some rocks in Utah with Poe and Finn. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, yeah, it might get a little warm, but who cares? You have good company. All right, so, and it looks like Finn has um, Ray's staff. It sure does. So that's cool. I like Finn's hair in this, too. Yeah, I like the little bit of, I like the longer hair on him. Mm-hmm. And then we pan to a shot of BB-8 and our new friend, Dio. And they're both doing the head tilt, like, what's going on look. I love them. I love their uh, friendship. And then, then, then we get a thing I did not think we'd see in the teaser and it made me so happy. You know, I knew that we were going to get Lando, but I wasn't sure if we were going to actually get his face. So when we first see that back shot scene of him and Chewie, I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like, I'm fine with this. But then we see him and it's like, oh my God. And we hear Lando laughing. Which is a great laugh. It's great. And I just, I don't know. I mean, it was cool to see, but also I got a little bit like choked up. I don't know. I wasn't expect. I was expecting to be like, holy shit, that's awesome. But I got a little choked up seeing, seeing Lando and Chewie piloting the Falcon together. It just made me really happy. It made me really happy too. It made me happy seeing how happy he was. And especially like seeing Billy D. Williams, like, wanting to act and wanting to be Lando again even though he said you know at the panel like I've always been Lando so it's always great seeing actors really excited and really into it so that's why I was also really happy too yeah and then they're in hyperspace going somewhere and then the saga comes to an end. I don't believe this. <laughs> like, as many times as they tell us that this is the end of the Skywalker saga, like, I'm not buying it for some reason. And like, It's the end for now. It's the end for now. And, like, I'm going to be okay if it ends. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm going to riot if it's not the, if it's the actual end. Like, no, I'm not. Like, I respect Lucasfilm and wherever they want to take these stories, but I don't think this is the end. I feel like this is only just the beginning. And especially with, you know, restarting these movies, too. I mean, back then, like, when Revenge of the Sith came out, they were telling us, you know, this is the end, you know, whatever. And... We all never thought there'd be Star Wars again. And then now in 2019, there's a, still Star Wars. So th- they're not going to end it. But 
Okay. I, I like that. And yeah. And then we see, all right, we're on back to desert planet. We see this little ship and then we see stormtroopers on, it looks like they're on like speeder bikes. And the one goes to the screen. Or no, it looks like he has a jetpack. Oh, I think he's on some sort of like flying bike thingy. Oh, he's on a broomstick. He borrowed it from Harry Potter. All right. So then we see uh, Poe Finn and then 3PO is hanging onto the ship. And this interests me because in the panel, Anthony Daniels was talking about how droids fight back in this movie. And what I'm thinking is that 3PO is going to get some balls and actually do something, which do I want to see that? I don't know, but it was interesting seeing him like hold on to the ship because I feel like that's more movement than we've ever seen from 3PO other than the CGI crap in uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, it might be. I want to see what he does. Hopefully not just complaining about shit. I mean, he can complain about shit while he, you know, kills some people or something that might be okay with. Yeah. I don't know why this scene like really interested me, like seeing 3PO like this. But, and especially like in that little leaked poster thing, we see him with a bowcaster. So maybe he does some stuff, but maybe also him sacrificing himself will see the like the death of 3PO. And I know how emotional that might be for some people. You know, because, I mean, these droids have been, like, the center of the story. Like, they're basically the storytellers. So. But where's R2? I hope R2's doing okay. Yeah, I want I want R2 to be okay. Yeah. I like how Finn is using 3PO as a kind of, like, a shield, too. <laughs> Like goldenrod is useful for something. All right. So then now we see that A-wing crashing. And okay, so it looks... So I'm looking at kind of by where it's crashing. And for some reason, it looks like a Republic uh, a Republic ship. Yeah, like the, one of the big... Uh, just not the destroyers, but... Yeah, I don't know what those are called. The big cruiser ones. Yeah, the big cruiser, like the Republic cruiser. That's what it looks like because you see the gray, then you see the red because that's how they were decorated in the Clone Wars. So that's interesting. I feel like we're going to see a lot of things from the past in this movie. And I feel like that's very vague and that can mean anything. But I feel like since, you know, we're going to see some things in the next couple of seconds in the trailer, like I feel like we're going to see a lot of nostalgic Star Wars things like we're going to see old ships people yeah I'm being more vague but let's move on to the medallion oh my heart can't take it are those Leia's hands yeah okay oh maybe that's on the Falcon maybe Han saved that on the Falcon or something or Luke I mean Luke has his too I wonder where they stored those yeah, like I, my my immediate thought is that it's Hans. Yeah. <laughs> then we get that beautiful shot of Ray and Leia hugging, and Ray crying. With and that's when I really lost it in the trailer. Like like sitting in the room, just 
freaking bawling my eyes out. Yeah. All right. So then they're done hugging, unfortunately. And we hear Luke say, no one's ever really gone. And then we pan to this shot. First, we see uh, from back to front, Chewbacca, BB-8, Dio, 3PO, Finn, Poe, and Ray. Ray's kind of in the center. Poe's the second most uh, visual. Um, and then you see this ocean, and they're on like a ledge, and you see the ruins of one of the Death Stars. Yeah, they're like, this just gives me chills. Oh my god. I, that was one of the things I really wasn't expecting to see in these movies was, you know, ruins from, you know, the Death Star or something else too. I mean, we saw the ruins of one of the Star Destroyers um, when Ray was still one of my favorite shots. Like, it's so gorgeous. You know, especially something like this. Like, I feel like they're on Yavin, but also they could be on another planet too. You know, maybe one of the other moons of Endor or something. I don't know. But God damn, I want Ewoks in this movie so bad. Maybe there are some resistance Ewoks. You never know. I would cut off one of my fingers to get Ewoks. Which finger? Like my pinky finger, not like one of the important fingers. I mean, well, that just shows how much you want Ewoks in the movie. So if you were like, I would take off my pointer finger that would be like man she really wants ewoks in the movie not that you're pink i mean i you know. I, I want ewoks i'm saying but i'd like i'd cut it off myself like that's pretty that's pretty hard wanting ewoks it is i'm not doubting that that hurt though <laughs> oh yeah but if it guaranteed ewoks in the movie like give me some fucking pliers Oh, you'd use pliers? I'd do like a knife. Like just to like I think I'd, you know, I'd want like wire like really, really sharp wire cutters. Cause then you can go around it and make sure you're just getting the finger. Like I feel with a knife, the chances of me like fucking up my hand are much higher. You can just do one, two, three, then like when they cut off Jamie's arm in Game of Thrones, you know, just Yeah, but I'm saying I somebody could do that. I could not necessarily do that. But if I have like wire cutters or something that I can put around the finger and then snip, I'm, I I can do that. For you walks though. For you walks. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So Ray's holding a bag or something. Maybe the bag is full of like snacks or uh, books or. Snacks or books, you know. Both, maybe. Maybe she gets bored and wants to read, and then she gets hungry, so she has some snacks. And she has a hood. I like her hood. All right. And then, oh, I think the water is beautiful. I love, I love the water. All right. And then you hear the, no one's ever really gone. And you hear the, <laughs> I'm trying to do my Palpatine laugh. <laughs> Okay, I thought you were, like, throwing up. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> no, that's terrible. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. All right, yeah, so we hear okay. Palpatine laugh. 
And once again, audience losing its shit. What did you think about that? I was just sort of stunned. Like, I don't think it hit me right away. Like, that was when I had to be like, wait, what just happened? Because <laughs> that is not something I ever expected. Like, ever. I know. I thought you were going to hate it. Oh, oh, I totally could have. And I still might. I don't hate it here because there's there's possibilities of this being awesome. Like, I think there's some dumb ways you could do it. But I have enough faith in them for now to, like, reserve my judgment. Yeah. Because I feel like the really dumb ways to do it would take more... You couldn't do in one movie. You know? Like, if you're gonna... Like, there's... You only have, like, what? Probably, like, two and a half hours. So that limits the sort of how much that could be, like, Palpatine coming back. In terms of it being, like, a clone or weirdness there's always so weird you can be because you got to explain it to people in two and a half hours and still tell the rest of your movie yeah like i don't think it's going to be anything big or i don't think he's still alive or anything i think maybe we just don't know dark side force powers and maybe making it look like you're still alive or you know maybe there are sith ghosts like i don't know you never know but I'm surprised like you know you'd hear in like legends like them bringing back Palpatine or something or you know him appearing and I didn't think that they would actually move this to the canon yeah and I think I don't know I just one of the things that I love about the trailer is that making that nobody is ever really gone line which is this beautiful comforting sentiment and make it haunting yeah, and they could be like, oh, that applies to bad dudes too. Yeah, that's amazing. That they, that the that the influence of evil also stays on and still has to be fought. Like it was creepy and good and the laugh is awesome. Uh, cr- fingers crossed I still think that way, you know, 6 months from now. Me too. I hope so too because I was genuinely surprised that you liked it. When I first heard that, one of my first thoughts was Emily's gonna fucking hate this. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, we can't ruin Star Wars for Emily." I I reserve my right to hate this retroactively. Yeah, but in the trailer, just in the trailer, it's awesome. Okay, good. Okay, that makes me happy then because I was waiting to ask you because I wanted to wait till we recorded, but then I'm like. I don't even know when we're actually going to record. So I was like, I need to know. I need to know this now. <laughs> but I, I would turn around every now and then and see you and Colleen because that made me happy. Like I just wanted to like – I was like turning back like all the time. But of course, um, I was distracted in one of the turnarounds because Michael Pappas was like levitating off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mikey's so excited. He was so happy. Like he was grabbing a Raj and just jumping up and down. <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments from Celebration is just seeing everyone's excitement and especially Rusty too. Like his mouth was open so wide and then turning around and seeing Pappas jump up and down and then, you know, seeing you and Colleen. Did you and Colleen stand up or you guys were just sitting down still? We stood up at some point. I don't remember when. Maybe when it was revealed that the title is Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I think when the title came up, we stood up. 
I the first thing I noticed was that the Star Wars uh was blue. I like the blue. Me too. And then we get we get the title because this is when I was like, I think I said it out loud. I'm like, oh shit, we're getting the title. And then Star Wars rises, and then in the middle of it, you see the rise of Skywalker. I remember right before you can actually see Skywalker, I saw a Walker, and I'm like, fuck, we're getting Skywalker in the title. But I saw the rise of, and then I oh. got excited. Oh man, I got like. Once again, like it was, it was worth the wait. Being in the room when they, being in like a crowd of like hundreds of Star Wars fans when they announced the title rather than just me sitting in my room, so much better. Oh yeah, I mean definitely. I wish I was in like the big Wintrust Arena during this, but I mean at the same time, I was with all a lot of my friends. Yeah, and I was surrounded by the people that I love. I'm kicking Carlos right now as I as I say that, <laughs> but um, he's here. So I'm hi, Carlos. Emily says hi. Uh, he says hi. Yeah, I heard him. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh, one of the most unforgettable. And I hated that this was on a Friday too, because this was like right in the middle of. Or this was like the second day of the convention, so it's always weird when like the best day is like one of the first days, but still, oh, so good, so good. But yeah, that was the Rise of Skywalker teaser. I can't believe it's here. I can't believe we got it, and I feel like that was one of our best uh, trailer reviews. Oh man, it's such a good trailer. Yeah, you're the best trailer though. Okay, I, I don't know what that means. I don't know either, but it's it's a compliment, I think. Okay. So, now that we talked about things that we liked, I'm so annoyed. I don't even want to... Okay. So, the Star Wars comic came out. That was Star Wars Vader Dark Visions number three. It's written by a guy named... Dennis Hallam. Hopeless Hallam. Okay. Yeah, that's for some reason his like nickname in the in quotes on the cover. It's called Tall, Dark, and Handsome. And it is maybe well not even maybe. It's definitely the meanest thing I've ever seen an official Star Wars thing do. It's maybe the meanest thing I've ever seen any comic do in terms of shitting on its fans. Yeah, this is this is shitting on women who are fans of Star Wars. Yeah, and like even beyond like the fan like it's definitely shitting on on like shippers and stuff in fandom. But even like beyond that, like even if you take out all the fan like even if you knew nothing about fandom and the stuff the and the, the fact that it's like taking pot shots at that, it's just flat out misogynistic. Yeah. Okay, so I I started hearing about this last like because it came out I guess Tuesday was when it when it would have dropped, and I started hearing about it. And I when I first heard about it, I just heard it as oh a Star Wars comic making fun of shippers, and I thought oh that could actually be fun a kind of tongue in cheek 
cheek, like teasing sort of thing. Because I say this as somebody who has had a lot of shipping in my past. Like I, you know, like a lot of the shows I was really involved in fandoms with. Um, I don't have a ton of Star Wars ships, like beyond Han and Leia, but there's definitely been other shows and other fandoms where I've been really into the shipping scene. And even as that, I thought, okay, there's plenty of stuff you could teasingly make fun of there in an affectionate way. That's that's not what this is. So, like, the bare bones of this story is it's this, like, medic who is obsessed with Darth Vader and has all these fantasies about him and creepily collects like his like bloody tidbits from him and stuff and then at the end he murders her and calls her garbage not great also not great and i think maybe the most insulting thing about this all this character does never get a name you're talking about star wars everyone who's ever on screen in star wars has a name People who never spoke a word in Star Wars have names and intricate backstories. Not this woman. Yeah, this is disgusting. And when you combine it with the fact that they fired Chuck Wendig for going after alt-right trolls on Twitter. It doubly doesn't sit right with me because I'm like, oh, this isn't just tone deaf. This is deliberate. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really read much of the comics and Emily sent the link to this and I read it and, like, I just don't get it. Like, obviously, like, I guess this is, like, a comic series or something. Like, Dark Visions, part three out of five. But, like, I don't get the point of writing a story like this and writing a character like this, you know? Because it's, it's pretty insulting. Like, especially, like, making – I feel like this is making fun of shippers. And there's nothing wrong with that. It absolutely is. And because – and it's not just making fun of shippers in like an offhanded sort of way. Like it's it's almost like a well, it's almost like a researched because there's there's so many different shipping tropes that play, that they play into here that are all just like brutally made fun of, and and not in a not in an affectionate way. Like you can do shipping in an affectionate, like making fun of shipping in an affectionate way. Cause yeah, there's aspects of ships that are like, it is ridiculous and silly and fluffy sometimes. And you can, you can tease that if you're, if you're a part of it, you can tease it if you have affection for it, but this is just bullying. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate like the dream sequences in like comics. Cause like they, I feel like they purposely drew her worse than these dream sequences. And that is insulting also because the way that they drew her in like the normal parts of the comic, like they made her look the part of like someone who's crazy or obsessed and like 
we don't need this in Star Wars. Like, I don't get the purpose of writing a character like this. Or I don't get the purpose of why this is needed in a comic. Yeah, and... Yeah. If you're somebody who's not really into fan fiction, who's read this comic, the, the all the dream sequences are playing on fanfic trips. Like every single one of them is is direct references to things that get written. And so there's this one that's very much this like classic romance cover sort of when he's like, you know, the swooning heroine one. Um, there's another one, which I actually found even worse, which is like when she's imagining herself as like a fellow force user, like Dark Lord, which is another thing that, that, that fanfic does a lot. There's one where she's like a medic running up to tend to him after his after like some big battle. These are all things that people write stories about. And that. That's not a coincidence. Yeah. So I'm on the author's um, Wikipedia page right now. And he's written for a lot. He's written for Marvel Comics, Image Comics, Dark Horse Comics. So he's done a lot of stuff. And it's a lot of stuff, but it's like I don't care to know what else he has written what possibly other offensive stuff is written. But interestingly enough, um, this comic was added to one of the parts of his Wikipedia page. It says, in April 2009, he wrote the issue for Darth Vader, Dark Visions, that portrayed Darth Vader from the perspective of an unnamed female nurse obsessed with him. His portrayal evoked strong criticism from fans. Um, some comment to that Dark Vision's view of the nurse's desires take an established feminine power of fantasies and treats them as delusional jokes right up till the moment he leaves its female protagonist in a crumpled up heap on the floor. Yep. And then like it's just it's it's fucking gross. And I know that 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 like Vader is the bad guy, but there's a big difference between like the end of Rogue One when Vader is cutting down the rebellion where you're supposed to be, Oh, he's a scary, terrifying bad guy. Whereas the end of this is supposed to be a joke. The joke, the joke at the end of this issue is she runs into his like quarters thinking that, you know, he's been waiting for her and they're going to be together. And then he fucking stabs her with a lightsaber and kills her. And the last line is, come get this garbage out of my quarters. It's not played as something scary. It's played as a joke. And again, she never gets a name. Yeah, I just... I don't know how this was published. And I don't get why it was published. And it's sad. Like, I understand why a lot of people are upset about this. Like, I'm just more... Like disturbed and weirded out by this kind of comic and I'm disturbed that people are reading this and assume that Vader treats women like this or that Vader is this kind of person or young boys or girls read this and think that hey it's okay to treat people who have fantasies and like this it's and, ugh, it's really it's really gross 
and it makes me super uncomfortable. And the fact that this is in a, like an official Star Wars publication, like th- they really need to like take a good hard look what they're fucking doing because this is just fucking despicable. Has Dennis said anything about this yet? I I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any official statements from anybody. Uh, Dennis Hopeless. looking him up on twitter right now i think the last time i checked i think that oh no he's uh he's still tweeting stuff but no apology i hope i'm wrong um oh god this was number three yeah he retweeted someone that said, I've never loved a single issue more than I love Dark Visions 3. Jeez, what a, you know, like, what a fucking piece of shit. People have called this comic verse, calls this the best comic in the series so far. Um, Like, you at least need, like, you at least need to come out and say, like, acknowledge what's going on. And you're like, hey, that was not at all my intention, here's what I was thinking when I wrote it. The fact that you're not saying that means you don't give a shit. Or shows that that was actually his intentions. Yeah. So, yeah, fuck that guy. We don't need writers like this in Star Wars. Yeah, and we don't need the fucking editors who fire Windig and then give a writing job to this dude. Has Windig said anything about this yet? Windig tweeted when it came out. It was I forget the exact tweet, but it was (laughs) in typical Windig fashion. Like his tweet was started with, "Apropos of absolutely nothing." When I was writing, I forget what the name of his book was called. Um, like he said, he had apparently a like a a male mortician on the Death Star who was obsessed with Vader, (laughs) and that it didn't end well. And yeah, uh, I much would have rather read that version. And um, by the way, before it gets anybody on like why the, the double stand, like why it would be different if it was a dude, it's a very different thing. Like the fact that you could have made this funny with a dude who wasn't romantically obsessed with him, but obsessed with him and that being like, you know, like the people who are obsessed with 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 Walter on on Breaking Bad and think that he's like the hero of the show, like those kind of guys. That's very different than making fun of 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 women who like when there's romance in Star Wars. It just is. Yeah, I found the tweet. Um, opposed to absolutely nothing. My issue three of Shadow of Vader was about a toxic fanboy who became obsessed with Vader and it didn't end well for him, obviously. I thought it was a good I thought it was good, and I'm sorry you won't see it. Onward we go. He also said brief update to this. I see some news indicating I'm gently suggesting to the copy of my plot line. No suggestion that, like from me, I'm assuming it was just a similar thinking and narrative exploitation from that point forward. I was just n- I was just noting the idea of the issue I'd written. Further, I don't own the material anyway. Yada, yada, yada. So this was an actual idea that he had. Well, yeah, he was, he was writing the fucking books when they got canceled. He was writing for the series? Not this one, okay. but the Vader series he was writing, like he had already written, a co- there were there were issues done when they canceled it. They weren't out yet, but they were written. Hmm. 
Yeah. Anyway, so I had been like, you know, because I, I I stopped buying Marvel after after the Wendig firing, and I'd been like, I don't know, maybe there's something else I could do. De- like maybe because I really like there was the new the age of whatever the fuck where there was the Tarkin issue where he's shirtless that I really wanted to read. And I'm like, ah, maybe I'll start buying something again. And then this came out and I'm like, oh, no, I definitely am not. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is a reason why I don't get into like the comics or anything. And I'm interested to see what podcasts I listen to who actually read the comics and see what they have to say about this too. I mean, obviously they're going to say more what, we're talking about but man even even johnny grasso read this comic he read something <laughs> yeah holy shit he reads his, his tweet was so i read something and i wish i kept my mantra i don't read because what the fuck this is horrible we need to have him read a good book now like probably one of those like dr seuss books to like get this out of his head <laughs> those are the two things that exist star terrible star wars comics and dr seuss <laughs> those are the two literary genres i was just thinking of something like more like uplifting and for some reason i thought of dr seuss you know they have a dr seuss land at universal studios in florida and i swear to god it's like the freakiest land the thought of that just sort of gives me a headache because I think I love Dr. Seuss, but the thought of all that color and shapes in like real life, I think I would have some sort of panic induced attack. Well, you wouldn't because they haven't updated the paint job in like 10 years. So it looks like just like a terribly painted, like browning land. And. Yeah, you don't feel anything. It's not like I, okay. I, I'm very biased though because Disney parks. So going to other parks, you know, I have something very, you know, I compare it to something very large and very influential. So when I go to like Universal Studios, like I'm very judgmental, especially like on everything, which I don't like, but especially, you know, I think Dr. Seuss Land could use a nice paint job and, the rides are like kitty rides too, so you go on this like big train thing, and they just talk in rhymes the whole time. Well, uh, yeah, but it's Doctor Seuss Land. Yeah, you should be talking in rhymes in Doctor Seuss Land. Yeah, well, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I just remember we, my sister made us wait in line for like 30 minutes for that ride, and even my mom's friend who never curses was like, "Brandy, what the fuck was this?" Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, that comic sucked, and I hope we don't get comics like that ever again, and I hope uh, something happens to that writer, which, unfortunately, as I say that, I know that nothing will probably happen to him because uh, he thinks this is fine, and he thinks that people actually like this. So I'm surprised his account isn't uh, on private because I know probably a lot of people have added him or um, talked at him or messaged him or something about this comic. Hopefully... Not being like, fuck you, but being like, hey, you know, this was really concerning to me or, hey, this hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, Do you want to move on to more annoying news? Yeah. You want to handle this one? 
since you're the one who you're the one who first tweeted me about this one. Yeah. Okay. So let me go on on Mark Hamill's Twitter right now. I'm gonna preface this by saying Mark Hamill is what sixty seven. Something like that. Something like that. He's on Twitter. He's very active on Twitter. Um, one of the things that he's known for, unfortunately, is that he reposts art, but he never credits the artist or the person who puts stuff together. And that's always something that I've known, and that's something that's always bothered me a little bit. You know, I know that he's old and everything, but I feel like well, it's... here's the thing, though. He's been on Twitter for years now, so you don't get to make that excuse anymore. Yeah, I feel like it's like a respect thing. Like, I was, like, talking to Carlos the other day. Like, I posted some pictures on Instagram, and I had saved pictures from a picture that Charlie took and a picture that our friend Paul took. And when I was posting those pictures, I credited those people. I tagged them in posts and said they took these pictures, and they were really good. And I feel like that's the most respectful thing to do, because if I would have posted them without saying anything like those are their pictures like they're responsible for that they're the ones that you know bought the technology to take those pictures and especially these people that put a bunch of time and effort to photoshop or to draw these like it's a lot of work and the fact that it goes like uncredited like i can see how that can bother someone so there's uh, a picture that mark put and it's this photoshopped picture of uh Han, Lando, Carrie, and Luke on the Falcon. And Mark tweeted this with the hashtag missed opportunities. So now, yeah, yeah. You, you go first. Well, okay. So the origins of this picture, like this is one that's been making the rounds with all the, you know, not my Star Wars. I hate the last Jedi hashtag ruined Johnson people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the origins of this picture. Now, look. I, whether or not Hamill has a responsibility to, like, look into that, I don't know. But it doesn't help matters that that's where it originally came from. Yeah. So... Interestingly enough, I've gotten more than one perspective on this picture. So my perspective seeing this picture, especially with you see like the Star Wars, which should have been on the bottom left hand corner. So the way I saw this was Mark was saying it was a missed opportunity to have these characters all on stage together. So I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's disrespectful to JJ, to Ryan, to everyone that's doing these movies because he's upset that his character died. But it was interesting because I was on the phone with Carlos the other night and I asked him, I'm like, did you see that picture on Facebook or on Twitter? And he he like I was like explaining it and he's like, I don't see anything bad about it. And of course, like I go apeshit. I'm like, you're not supposed to think that. But then he was explaining to me that maybe Mark tweeted this saying that he wished that he would have gotten a picture of all of them together. And then I remember that Mark Hamill is a 67-year-old dude. He could have been meeting this. But also, like, personally, I think that he meant that he wished that they were all on screen together. Absolutely. I think that's what he meant. 
Yeah. And especially with the, especially with the hashtag missed opportunities. Yeah. I don't know. Like, but here's the thing is it doesn't really matter what he meant because Mark knows how toxic the fandom is. And so whether he meant it as like a poke at actually wanting like everybody on screen together or not, doesn't matter because he doesn't, doesn't exist in a vacuum. And it's not just a matter of like not particularly liking, you know, the last Jedi or something. It's these people harass people. They harass Ryan Johnson. They, they harass Kathy. They harassed Kelly Marie Tran off social media and him feeding into that is demonstrably harmful. And so whatever his intentions were, he should have known better by now and sort of, and sort of sat back and thought about what that does to Twitter discussion and who it empowers. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's just Mark Hamill doesn't like do anything for me anymore. Like he's a great actor and everything, but you know, just the way he expresses things and the way that he, you know, uses art without crediting the authors and especially like something like this, like it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I've been afraid to admit that for so long because, you know, Mark Hamill is like one of the most important people in this whole, you know, Star Wars community and Star Wars fandom. But it's just like, I don't like some of the shit that he does sometimes. And I'm don't like being afraid to admit that. And now I'm not, obviously. But seeing the kind of shit that he does, like, this isn't okay. Like, he should know that all of the people... He does know that because he trolls people on Twitter all the fucking time with this shit. Yeah. And it's really interesting because when I was looking at the comments at first, I noticed a lot of YouTubers comment on this. And these are the YouTubers that think that you know Lucasfilm is ruined or Disney has ruined Lucasfilm and like all this stuff so he's encouraging this behavior even though a couple hours later he tweet he tweeted this he saw saw a pic of me with Billy D Carison and Harry posted it because I miss them nothing more nothing less I love the new cast too and didn't mean to get everyone's knickers in a twist maybe I should have just posted a bunch of endgame spoilers instead Hashtag relax and have fun, people. See, that's when I go, fuck you, Mark. Because it's so, it's such a, a flippin', oh, you're just overreacting to this thing I posted that all these trolls have latched onto that participate in targeted harassment campaigns. Like, you can't, you can't just be like, oh, you're just, you guys are just overreacting. I was just doing, like, you have to be like, hey, I didn't mean it like that. I just miss my friends. But to add that Nicker's in a twist and I should have just posted Avenger spoilers is him being a little fucking baby. And it pissed me off. I think if he made that tweet at first, he should have said all of that first. He should have said, no disrespect to the cast now. I support everything that's going on. I just think I personally think that he's that this was a missed opportunity. Like, I get that Mark is also a fan of Star Wars and Mark is entitled to his own opinions. But when you express your opinions, knowing that there's negative you know behaviors are surrounding you that isn't probably the best idea 
And I'm trying to see this from, you know, the good side and the bad side. Like, even though, like, I think this is a pile of shit, you know, like, I'm trying to understand where other people are coming from. Like, Carlos, when he said, oh, maybe he just wanted them, like, all together in a picture or something. Like, maybe that's how some people interpret that picture. Maybe that's how Mark is, even though I don't think that Mark did. Like, that's okay. But I don't know. I'm just done with Mark. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I, he just, you know, but I was reading someone's tweet too, and he's the one that said that Boba Fett should have been his mom and he should have had a mohawk in episode six. Look, Mark Hamill played Luke Skywalker, and you can never take that away, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have some really stupid fucking ideas of what should happen in Star Wars. He's not a writer. He's not a storyteller. He's He's an actor. I've never seen an actor so connected not like connected to the character but so judgmental about the character before like I understand that Luke Skywalker is an important part of him but not that I'm saying that he needs to like let go and focus on other things but I think he needs to understand and learn that this isn't him writing the story it's other people writing the story and I mean if he doesn't like it and this is where I'm torn. Like, if he doesn't like it, like, he's entitled to his own opinion. He's had to share that opinion. But he should know that this is hurting the feelings of people who are taking time and effort writing these beautiful stories. Well, the thing is, it's not just hurting their feelings. It's, it's, it's encouraging the people who are harassing and attacking them. That's the real fucking problem. Yeah, and maybe he needs someone to sit him down and be like, this is what's going on. And maybe he knows and maybe he's ignoring that. Maybe he agrees with those people. I don't know. I don't know. Out of the fucking way. I'm fucking done with Mark Hamill. Yeah, I unfollowed him a long time ago. And um, I'm proven that it was a good thing to do. Especially now. Uh, I was trying to hold back laughter because I was on Twitter and Colleen had posted a picture of the Chili's boy and said, hi, welcome to Chili's. It's 2.11 a.m. <laughs> for Rusty. It's Rusty's 21st birthday, by the way, today. Happy birthday, Rusty. It'll be late when you hear this, but happy birthday anyway. So the funniest thing happened last night with Rusty. I'm going to move on to happier topics because it, it sucks that we feel like this about Mark Hamill. It fucking sucks. But um, so... Carlos took the train down last night and because uh, we're spending Rusty's birthday, all of us together. Rusty's at work right now because his work is really busy. So he had a work. But oh. I know it sucked because originally he had this weekend off, but uh, short staff. There's a lot of the things going on at his work. Poor guy. He works hard for his money. But. So we were going to see Endgame last night at like 10. We had to move it to 11 because Rusty had to work later. So, and Rusty never drank at all in his life. Kind of, you know, was hesitating about that. We weren't trying to push him, but we were trying to be like, you know what? Do whatever you want to do. And of course, like we were planning things and those things would be canceled because the last minute Rusty would be like, uh, I have plans. And even though we knew he didn't have plans, he, he just was getting scared. Um. So he got home from work last night and he's like, hey, I don't think we should go to Endgame. We should go out. And I'm like, 
okay, thank God Fandango does free refunds. So we got to, do you know what BJ's is? No. It's this like a restaurant, brew house, they have a bunch of beer. So we went there because they closed, because a lot of places in San Diego, okay, San Diego sucks sometimes, even though it's like one of the greatest places in the world. Like the bars close at like 1 to and 2 a.m. Like, that's pretty early. So we got to BJ's because like there was nothing else fucking there. And it was really nice because the worker at BJ's, we told him the plan and everything. And he's like, it was like 11.10 or 11.20. And he was like, do you want your beer now? <laughs> and Rusty, the biggest rule follower I know who never breaks laws, always like when we went to Chicago um, with our Echo Base group on our Excel document, he put all the penal codes and everything for Chicago. He looked that dude in the eye and said, yeah, I'll have a beer now. <laughs> so innocent little Rusty at, uh, let's, what time did I take this picture at? At 11.17 p.m. had his very first beer. Aw. And hated it. <laughs> what did he have? A Stella. Oh, well, there you go then. He, he was so torn up about this, though. Like, he was so heartbroken to the fact that he didn't like beer. And we had to explain to him. I kind of had to get Carlos to explain it to him more because, like, I'm his sister, so he's not going to listen to me at all. Like, we were trying to explain to him, like, dude, you've never had beer before in your life. Like, you're not going to like it. And he was so disappointed when I ordered him like a Tito's vodka with like lemonade and he really liked that. And I'm like, it's okay. Like you shouldn't label drinks as masculine or feminine, you know? Like, no, well, and also, I mean, there's a lot of kinds of beer. I, I don't like every kind of beer. Yeah. And he was just disappointed to learn that a lot of beers maybe taste like Stella's. And, like, I don't know. Like, it's an acquired taste. Like, me personally, I don't like beers. But I'm a girl. So, I mean, not saying that. You just said that drinks aren't masculine or feminine. I know. But I feel like because, you know, I'm a girl and I drink those drinks, he sees that as being feminine. Like, there's this whole, like, masculine and feminine thing on alcoholic drinks. And, like, I don't know why it's there. You know? But obviously it's something that, you know, I see because, you know, I grew up. You know, and I'd only see my dad drink beers, but he never drank that much. And then I'd only see my mom drink like champagne or wine or something. So like I associated that as like masculine and feminine. So obviously when I grew up and saw that, that there should be no labels to drinks. I don't know. Rusty and I are very sheltered. <laughs> so, but that's not an excuse for that behavior. But Yeah. Okay, should we get to some email? Sure. All right. Um, okay, first we got one from Rabia. This was actually sent in last week and we had to delay it, but since we were talking about the trailer this time, that made sense. Um, she had some thoughts on the trailer. All right. Oh, and also just like the panel and stuff. So first one, when Billy Dee Williams said Lando never left him, it gave me a warm, fuzzy feeling in my heart, as did everything he said. Agreed. That mm -hmm. was great. And also just because Lando is Billy D. 
you know? Yeah. Like, so much of that character, like, just this sort of effortless cool of Lando is because Billy Dee Williams is the coolest person on the planet. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, enough with this whole nod and wink at all the Finn and Poe shippers. You shouldn't get to joke around about making characters gay unless you're actually going to have them be gay on screen. Um, this like, When I said last week that I wanted to talk about some of this stuff in depth, this is one of the ones. Um... I, I, I agree with this in like, yeah, absolutely. And it sort of goes to the, um, the fucking cast and in the, the Lando is pansexual thing and how pissed I was about that. I will say, I think that Oscar talks about it because he genuinely ships them. At least that's always been my impression whenever Oscar talks about Poe and Finn. Yeah. Like, I think I think he genuinely thinks that Poe is in love with Finn and plays it that way. So I think I think Oscar gets to talk about that. Um, I don't think the sh- I mean it's one like if the writers were ta- like making jokes about it and then not putting it in or making some sort of claim that it's representation when it's not on screen, like absolutely not. But Oscar talking about it doesn't bother me at all because I think for him it's genuine. Yeah. And, you know, back to the opinion that I was talking about earlier, how, you know, actors are entitled to their own opinions. Like I generally think that he wants this. And he wants this for, you know, the positive reasons, you know, like he's not doing this as like a joke or something like, you know, he thinks that Finn and Poe have a connection and that it might be romantic. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 I hope so. Anyway, I hope that's genuine on his part. It seems to be. I mean, that could just be me being Bond because I really like Oscar, but. Yeah. And I feel like especially they understand star wars fandom and they understand that the way they might say it could be offensive towards people and i feel like that's the last thing they want to do is offend people so that's why they're being very careful with you know talking about this is because you know especially like you know robbie was saying that you know you shouldn't joke around but i don't know i don't see this as them joking around yeah i don't think they know better like for me, like the Lando, the Lando stuff was queer baiting. I don't think this is. At least I don't think it is from from Oscar and John. Yeah. Okay. Her next thing. We don't need another droid. R two D two, C three PO, BB eight, and now Dio all have to get screen time. In what is already a stacked cast. And my biggest complaint about the series: it has more characters that can handle. I I, I don't think Dio is going to get a lot of screen time. Robbie, you have to admit, he's cute though. Like, look at him. Like, just think of like a duck. Like, he reminds me of a duck. Oh, God, I have a dead leg. Oh. You know when like your muscles like spasm? Yeah. Uh, I'm having that right now. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Anyway, go on. With zero mention as to what Rose is up to, they better not sideline her in this film. It would be the worst thing they could do to her. But on the bright side, her costume is infinitely better in this film, and the picture was of her and Ray together, so they know they talk to each other. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really talk much about what anybody's up to. 
Yeah, they told us nothing. So I I have I have faith in them to do something cool with Rose. And JJ seemed really, really positive about Rose and Kelly. So I think that's encouraging. One of my favorite things that JJ said that ooh, like one of the best things that Ryan Johnson did was create Rose. Yeah. And I loved that so much. Just seeing how JJ is going to incorporate her in the movie, I'm confident. I'm confident that we're going to love her even more after Rise of Skywalker. I think so. Um, Jenna's costume looks go rent Hunger Games cosplay. It looks terrible. That's that's um Naomi's character, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh no, it looks fine. I mean, definitely there might be some like costume changes, but maybe you'll grow to love it. Like I understand where you're coming from, but we'll see once we see it on yeah. screen. Like maybe it'll look like yeah. shit, maybe it won't. I don't know. I don't it didn't leave much of an impression on me either way. Palpatine. I was thrilled to hear him, but it brings up so many questions. Where's he been? What's he up to? Why haven't they put him in seven or eight? Does it I mean, okay, and does it take away from Vader's sacrifice in Return of the Jedi if Palpatine comes back? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I think it depends how he comes back. Like yeah. I think because he tried to kill him, it's fine. Like, <laughs> the fact that he tried, that's all that matters. <laughs> or he had the intention to kill him. Like, if he is just, like, like to- if he was just totally back, back, then yeah. But we don't know how he's back yet. Or yeah. in what form, or anything like that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the next trailer that we're going to see in, like, September, October, we'll get more answers. But it's fun to kind of just, like, sit around and be like, what's old she up to, you know? But yeah, I, mean, I the personally f- don't think he's alive. No, I mean, the fact that they revealed in the teaser that Palpatine is somehow involved means it's not going to be, like, a straightforward, hey, here's Palpatine. Or they would have kept that shit secret. Yeah. So it's obviously something that they can give away without like spoiling the movie. So I don't know. I think I think it'll be I'm hoping it'll be cool. I really want to like this movie. <laughs> yeah. But as always, Robbie, thanks for all your thoughts. We appreciate yeah, you emailing you. us. And do you yeah, want to read? Do. Yeah. Do you want to read Turbos? Yeah. Hi, Turbo. All right. Uh, he titles this uh, Harry Wookie Arms? Question mark. Brito Olindo. It was so cool to meet you both and hang out in Chicago. Five days was just not enough time. I agree. Besides the temporary highs of Episode 9 Mandalorian panels, the lasting memories I'll have from Celebration are the friendships I made and all the good food and drinks together while talking Star Wars and mostly not Star Wars at all. All the rest is just collectible bits of plastic and paper I'll probably just throw in a box somewhere uncovered in 20 years' time like my Phantom Menace toys. Except your Kento Bite pins, of course. <laughs> and all the pins and stickers from my favorite podcast and the awesome artwork from Chris Hall. Dude, 
Side note, Chris Hall does some good shit. Do you see that Mendo picture he put? Oh my god, he okay. So Chris Hall does lots of ton, ton like tons of good shit, but he just put up a thing on the other day of Krennic, and I am in love with it. It's so good. Um I retweeted it. I'll also tweet it on Cantobite. It's oh my god, it's if you haven't seen it, look at it, it's amazing. It's pretty good. Also, you see Steel Saunders? Some people like pins. I'm not going to tell you how those Kanto Bite pins got on your backpack, Steel. But I will say, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. So back to the email. Sorry, I'll stop digging myself in a hole and ask some questions. If Celebration was held in Australia in 2021, Sydney or Melbourne, would you both attend so we can hang out more? Yes. I mean, here's the thing. If it's ever going to be on Australia, I'm going to need like two years notice. So if we're in Anaheim next year and they're like next year and it's in Australia, I probably can't do it because Australia is not cheap. But if we're in Anaheim next year and they're like, oh, in 2022, we're in Melbourne, that I might do. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's interesting for me because I'm like, I'm not in between jobs right now, but I'm looking for new jobs. So, I mean, depending on my employer, I think I should be fine. Maybe I'll be like that guy who was on the Mandalorian and like quit his job to go to Australia. (laughs) I might. I think I'd do that. It wouldn't be smart, but Australia. All right. Uh, Next question. In the Rise of Skywalker teaser, are those hairy wiki arms putting Kylo's pathetic mask together again? Okay, obviously I'm going to go have to watch this, like not just on the little tiny YouTube thing, but like actually watch it at full screen. But they didn't look like wiki hands to me, but I guess I don't read, never really studied Chewbacca's hands before. Yeah, they look hairy. Maybe I'll have to go back and watch Star Wars and just like only watch Chewbacca's hands. All right. Um, if you could snap your fingers and make shit disappear, which would you choose? <laughs> that Darth Vader Visions comic or half of Mark T- Hamill's tweets? <laughs> Dark Visions comic. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, we can make Hark- Mark Hamill's tweets disappear, but I feel like that would take a lot of hacking, and I don't have those <laughs> skills. All right. And finally, happy 21st birthday to Rusty Brown. That dude is less than half my age and twice as awesome. I don't know, Turbo. Oh. You're pretty fucking awesome. I know. That was really sweet, though. I'm going to let Rusty know you said that. Or I'll have him listen to this podcast. I'll force him to listen. All right. Um, take care and may the force of Strothers be with you. Cheers, Turbo. Oh, that's some good force. Yeah, that's like the best force. It has really good hair. Did you touch it? Yeah, I touched it. How'd it feel? It's it's hair, but it's like magic. I felt like stronger after I touched it. My favorite was an Echo Base. Like he had like the bin of like all of his hair products. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like bonding over like what hair products we use. Like he was asking me, he's like, what do you use? And I'm just like, uh just dove shampoo like i should use more because my hair is getting really staticky so i think it's because i need to cut it because it's really dry and then like you know they have the remedies on getting rid of like staticky hair none of them fucking work like the dryer sheets kind of works but no water sometimes like for like 20 minutes maybe um 
hairspray. I don't like my hair crunchy. Um, I might have to look into that. But if anyone has any unstatic remedies for hair, please, God, let me know. Because I'm done. I don't want to cut it. I, I mean, I might cut the dead ends off soon, but I like my length. But uh, thank you, Turbo, for the email. It was so good meeting you. Oh, my God. He's so fucking awesome. We get to see him in a year. Yeah, that's cool. I get to see you in a year. Yeah. We're getting lunch next time, though. We're, we're going to sit down together and have a nice Oh, like we're actually going to do shit together next time? We're actually going to do shit together this time. Because, wow. Yeah, I know. I'll take you to that. Um, in downtown Disney, they have this new fancy milkshake place. Or it's like a craft burgers and fancy milkshakes. I'm gonna take you there and get you a fancy milkshake. And for eight dollars, you could put a shot in it. I do like milkshakes. I'm gonna send you a picture of these milkshakes right now. And you are going to be amazed with the milkshakes. All right, I sent it to you via Twitter. But yeah, I'm so excited it's in Anaheim because there's so much available in Anaheim. Like you have like the downtown Disney district. Like there's so many great places to drink and to have fun. Unfortunately, they don't have the Build-A-Bear anymore. So you can't make lifelong friends. But still, I mean, you can make actual lifelong friends that aren't teddy bears. How do you even drink those milkshakes? There's so much fucking shit on them. They're straws. Do you see the straws? I see. But that shit's just going to like melt and fall off in like two seconds. You just take this stuff off and eat it. And then you get a spoon, too. I don't know. but It looks sticky. It, it looks really good. And then, plus, I follow a lot of Disney bloggers. And they're cutthroat, honest about all the Disney foods. One of them said that the cake on one of the uh, Sundays or one of the shakes was, like, the best cake she's ever had in her life. Hmm. Okay. That. They have one of these places in New York, too. It's called uh, uh, Black Tap. Black Tap. And this oh, one's okay. called Black Tap Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Emily and I will get some milkshakes and hang out and talk about important things like Mendo, Ewoks, and... Those are the only important things in the world. Yeah, I feel like there's like one more thing that we could possibly add. DuckTales. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> Ewoks DuckTales crossover. What was the Ewoks song? It's like E-E-E-Ewoks. E-E-E-E-E-E-Ewoks. Yes. I like that theme song. Um. So I guess next week uh, we will discuss uh, the Mandalorian panel. Because we were both at the panel live and via screen. And because we're already like an hour and 30 into this episode. Which we're doing much longer episodes now than we did before Chicago. Chicago yeah, has changed us. Talk about. <laughs> Chicago has changed us. It makes a difference when there's stuff to talk about. When there's not stuff to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk more about The Mandalorian. So send us your emails about that. Send us your thoughts. I'm personally super fucking excited for that show me too uh until then Brittany, where can people find you on social media 
You'd find me on Twitter as Canto Brit and Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. What about you? Cool. I am on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind. The show is on Twitter and Instagram at Canto Bite Pod. You can send us email and voice messages, cantobitepod at gmail.com. And you can check out our t-shirts on tpublic.com slash user slash EF Lind. And please take time if you haven't yet to rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast listening thingy of choice because it helps us out a lot. Yes. Thank you. And until then, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, Canto Bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, because this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Canto Bitch. Brittany the Jinch and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Kendall Bitch number one.